welcome to The Itinerary, the official travel podcast presented by Premier Custom Travel. Here are your hosts, Chris Grum and Scott McAllister. Hey, Scott, go grab me a baguette, please. Okay. So the reason I'm saying that is uh, we are back uh, live again, so sort of live anyway, uh, live before a studio audience at Panera Bread in Conroe. And back with us again is Hunter Smith with Princess Cruises. Today, we're going to talk one of my favorite destinations that I've ever visited, and that's Alaska. And it's funny because as we record this in late 2023, September 2023 to be exact, we're coming to the end of the Alaska season now, and it has been one of the most robust on record, and we are already selling 24 and 25, and it's starting to fill up. And I, and I know people go, oh, you're crazy. It's not. It really, truly is. That's just a sales technique. Well, well yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> well, you wait six months and see if you can get on board. But, you know, it really is amazing how much Alaska is our number one seller right now. And it is so popular, but I think there's several reasons. I mean, it's a beautiful place to visit. I've been three times and would go again. But the summer we just had with (laughs) temperatures past 100 for several weeks straight, and everybody's just doing this massive heat wave across the U.S., why would you suffer through that when we can put you in Alaska for a minimum of seven days, maybe longer, and let you enjoy Beautiful weather. And that's something I just want to get to before we talk to Hunter up front. People have this conception of Alaska that the weather is going to be 40 below zero and you got to be in the big furry parka and all that stuff. And and they say, I would never go to Alaska. When I talk, talk to people and say, you should do this. Oh, it's just going to be too cold. And I, I want to get rid of that right away. Average temperature in Alaska, I don't know the exact average, but I can tell you, Scott, you and I did a cruise together where I think the lowest it went was mid-50s. Mid-50s, and it yeah. was it was lower 70s on some days. Now, let me ask you, would you rather be in 100-degree heat and humidity in Texas in July, or would you rather be in, let's just say, 60-degree weather with glaciers and bears and all that. Well, to put this into context, let's let the audience know that you are asking the knucklehead that was on the bow of the ship uh-huh. in Glacier Bay in shorts and sandals. But it was a beautiful so, day. It was a beautiful day. I mean, even the crew was coming out. They're there every week, and they were popping up out of portholes and stuff going, oh, this is beautiful today. Uh, but you know, and even if it's the worst weather in Alaska, you're not going to notice it. I'm just telling you right now. So let's bring Hunter in because Princess Cruises has been in Alaska coming up on 55 years. Next year will be 55. And you guys do it very, very well. So let's let's start with um, the basics of Alaska with Princess Cruises because you're always one of our go-tos, our preferred brands there for a reason. So let's talk about those, Hunter. Thank you. And welcome back, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, So Alaska is Princess's bread and butter. That's our main product. That's what a lot of guests like to to come and sell with Princess for the very first time. It's Alaska. It's over 70% of Alaska and with Princess are first timers. And I always say you fall in love with Princess, then you venture on to other areas. But when you come to Alaska, it's it's really to enjoy the glaciers, to enjoy Denali itself. Um, but with Princess, we we bring the most people to Alaska every season. So, and you win awards for it. We win awards for it. So 19 years in a row, we've been considered the best from travel advisors. So thank you both for that. Um, well, you've earned it. And I mean, that's not just a, you know, the $20 bill you just slipped to me. It, it really is true because you <laughs> guys You're up have, to $40 today, I think. I know, yeah. right? But it's it really is something that you earn. And as you talk about this more, you'll see why. Yeah. So we have seven ships there. We have three different types of sailing in Alaska, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but we also bring Alaska on board. 
Um, we have partnerships with Alaska through and through because we've been there basically the very first ones there. Um, so I always say we bring Alaska on board, but also princesses off board as well in Alaska. And so there are two ways, essentially. I'm going to give you the very basics, and then we'll go into a lot of detail. There are two ways through a cruise line that you can see Alaska. You can do a cruise only, or you can do what we call a cruise tour. And that is, for those of you that don't know the term, essentially a land and sea package. So we will go into great detail about your Alaska packages, but let's start with the cruise only and the different ways you can do that. Okay, perfect. So we have two different types of sailing, and now there will always be seven-day sailings. Okay. Um, With us, my favorite one, our award-winning, is the Voyage of the Glaciers, and that is going northbound or southbound from Vancouver to Anchorage Whittier or vice versa. Um, But those are guaranteed two days of glacier viewing. Um, You're always going to see Glacier Bay National Park, and the other one could be Hubbard Glacier or College Fjord. Uh, but I would say you're going to Alaska to see glaciers. Why not have two days of glaciers on your right. cruise? Um, so those are our award-winning voyages are called Voyage of the Glaciers. And I do want to stop you just briefly to say Glacier Bay is one of the reasons that you're our go-to brand uh, for Alaska. And the reason for that is I've done it three times, and all three times I went to Glacier Bay. I can't imagine doing a cruise-only or a land and sea package and not going to Glacier Bay. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's a national park, and it is unforgettable. And like I said, I've done it three times, and I would still do it again tomorrow because you can't get tired of that place. Absolutely, and um, they have permits to go into Glacier Bay National Park, and there's only two per day. Um, And we have the most permits from Alaska to go into Glacier Bay, which is another perk of of sailing with Princess. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I think people think of it and they think, okay, there's going to be 20 cruise ships in there. And I love that you mentioned that fact because it's something we talk about to our customers. You go to Cozumel out of Galveston. And there's eight, nine, ten ships in port. Same thing at Grand Cayman and in Nassau, which we call the Cozumel of the East. Um, (laughs) But And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what you want to see when you're in Glacier Bay. You don't want to see 20 other cruise ships. And I'm glad you brought that up because that is something you do that's unique. Not every cruise line goes there and not every ship goes there. Yeah, and we also have the naturalist who comes on board to explain what you're seeing. Um, So they'll come on board and speak to all the guests and you can hear about the glaciers and about the history. and It's fascinating, but um, that's one of the features I love about Princess. And then, um, so that's Voyage of the Glaciers, Mm -hmm. which is what I recommend to do if you're going to do the cruise only. The other option is the Inside Passage, which is the the round trips out of Seattle, Vancouver, and San Francisco. Okay. Seattle is the most popular with Princess. Um, The majority of our itineraries will go see Glacier Bay National Park. If you do San Francisco, you'll have more sea days. You'll go see uh, Victoria and Canada. You'll go see uh, some of the smaller ports along the way. And is uh, San Francisco still a seven night? No, it's actually uh, 11. I was going to say, because that's a long way to go for just right. seven nights. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that's it's, the it's one a, exception to your seven night rule. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's the one exception. But um, Vancouver and, and Seattle are the two main options to do if you want to do the round trip. Um, but I always say you're going to a glacier. You want to you're going to Alaska. You want to see glaciers. Why not have two mm-hmm. days of glacier viewing? Um, so I recommend to do the voyage of the glaciers, the northbound okay. or southbound. Um, so that's really kind of the overview of of the different type of cruising while in Alaska. Now, if we're doing a cruise only, 
let's talk about the ports we might visit on a cruise only. And I mean, they're going to be the same ports if you do the land package as well, but we might as well talk about them now. So Glacier Bay, obviously we mentioned that. You don't get off the ship in Glacier Bay, to be clear. <laughs> it is just a day of, and, and this is one of those things, Scott and I will almost not book a cruise to Alaska for somebody if they don't buy a balcony. Yeah, and and, and I, I understand that in the Caribbean you might want to go a little bit cheaper. I'm not going to spend time in my room is always the thing people right. say. But in Alaska, you want that balcony or that suite because Glacier Bay alone, you can sit on your balcony and have an uninterrupted and unobstructed view of what everything that's going on around you. Balconies sell out first in yeah. Alaska, and it's not even close. Like, well, And it's funny you mentioned that because when we got in the business, we always thought, Scott, that people were cheap like us and would buy the cheaper <laughs> rooms first. Yeah. But the balconies and the suites sell out first that premium product that premium dollar stuff yeah absolutely absolutely. goes fast i mean i've been booking like i said 24 and 25 for alaska and there are voyages where i don't have suites already at all i mean i'm not kidding i'm not a single one yeah so i mean 2024 is is already half booked already it's crazy and it's because when you're i mean when you're looking at alaska sometimes you might be late into the game and you're Mm kind of like well nothing's here i'm gonna book into the following year right so that's kind of why it's already half booked or people want to save up money and, and save for that trip for your for your later cruise. Um, but we've just opened up 2025, and we've seen plenty of bookings coming oh, in I already. I can really imagine, yeah. But um, what happens is, so Alaska season really is May through September. And as soon as they come home, they start telling their friends and family. Uh-huh. They yes. start showing the photos. <laughs> oh, yeah. And just they, happened and, to us. Yeah, And they're ready to book on their following trip. So that's why 2024 is already half booked. Yeah. And I, always, I would say by, by February... Good luck finding the balconies or the suites. Right. Good luck finding the cruise tours, which we'll talk about. Good mm-hmm. luck trying to find the voyage of the glaciers. Um, so I mean, like I, I tell people, we're we're not just trying to sell you like book now, but really for Alaska, you don't want to be too late. And and the other thing is, I mean, not only there's availability, but while we're talking about the book now strategy, a lot of people think it is a sales technique, but I'm going to tell you something else. Not only do you get the best availability, but you get the best price, and it's protected both directions because you're locking in that price now, but all we have seen is it trends upward. And let's just say, for sake of example, it doesn't. With most bookings, if you're not past that final payment and something comes out that's a better deal, we can adjust it downward. But it doesn't happen very often. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many people we've had wait, and it's great for us because we're commission-based, so we'll be glad to take more money from you, but we don't want to. (laughs) We want you to get that best deal. Yeah, and on that, you know, that segues great into this. Everything in life is a double-edged sword, right? So the positive side of if we can't get you in Alaska in 2024, we can absolutely get you in 2025. Yeah, probably the best pricing you're going to see, best availability of the stateroom you want. But more importantly than that, you have till 60, 90 days before departure date to pay for it. Right. So you also have an opportunity. Alaska, for a lot of people, is a bucket list. They're going to do it once. You might as well do it once and do it well. Mm Book 2025, you can't get on 24, all of a sudden you might be able to do that suite and really do Alaska well because you have more time to pay for it. That's what a lot of people don't realize. Right. And and not only that, Scott, which is a great point, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to if you didn't, (laughs) but also the deposits are typically pretty low. And if they're not, we can probably work with you on that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) But I mean, we just did a group to Alaska and the deposits were $100 per person. 
and they don't have to pay it off. They're going in 2025. They don't have to pay that thing off until I think it was February of 2025. Now, think about that. <laughs> you know, yes, Alaska is a premium destination because it's, as Hunter mentioned, a short season, May to September. So it's always a premium product. And the shore excursions are pricey but worth every penny. So you do have to budget for it. But if you book a cruise, we're talking right now, September 19th of 2023 is when we record this. If you want to go in 2025, you have... Uh, what is that? Uh, I don't. I don't want to do the math, but it's somewhere around sixteen months. Yeah, seventeen months to pay this thing off, and you can pay any amount, any time. There's not like penalties, like a credit card if you miss a payment. We don't care as long yeah. as you get it done by the deadline. But you're right; it's a great way to budget. Yeah. So, Hunter, we 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 kind of sidetracked as we tend to do with these things. <laughs> so let's talk again about yeah. There goes a squirrel. <laughs> let's talk about the destinations. So we talked about Glacier Bay. So on a seven night itinerary, let's talk about a few ports you might visit. Okay. Juno, state capital. Juno. Juno is a beautiful place. You also have Ketchikan. You have Skagway. Mm-hmm. Those are like the three main cruise ports that that the majority of the cruises will go see. Um, certain things to do. I mean, all the places have incredible hiking trails, walking trails. Um, Skagway has the the famous Yukon uh, uh, Pass Rail, the White Pass uh, Railroad. Yeah, yeah. Um, featuring like the Gold Rush from the history. Um, let's see, Ketchikan. You have the Lumberjack Show. You have incredible salmon. Uh, also with Juno, I mean, it's you have so much to do. I mean, with the flight hoppers, the helicopters, the landing on the Mendenhall glaciers. And yeah, you did that, glacier. didn't you? Yeah, the neatest thing I've ever done in my entire life was in Juno, and that was taking a helicopter ride, flying all around Juno, landing on the Mendenhall glacier, and hike the glacier the entire day. And see, I'm not a hiker, so I did that version, but instead of hiking, we did dog sledding on the glacier, Damn. and it turns out, mm-hmm. our, and I mean. Princess didn't didn't slide us on this. Not only did we fly, not only did we land on the glacier, but our musher was a top 10 finisher in the Iditarod. This wasn't just some tour guide that they hired for the summer. This was the dog's winter camp. And you think about that and you go, my wow. goodness. I mean, you're not only getting to do this this bucket list item, but you're doing it with the real guy. You that's know, that's pretty cool. And, and we'll talk about onboard features and that will come in with the dog mushing, but... Yeah, I was going to say while Chris was, you know, floating around up and never, never land and enjoying the puppies and everything like that, <laughs> Michelle and I kayaked yeah. to the Mendenhall Glacier. So we got to wave at Chris as his plane or helicopter went overhead and eagles were landing and, you know, plucking fish out of the water like 50 feet from us. It was crazy. Well, and at that time, my significant other couldn't go. So uh, I wound up taking Danielle, who's our, our third member of our team. And I didn't think about this when I booked it, but she does not fly well. She's not a person that enjoys airplanes. And I booked her on a uh, float plane trip in Ketchikan where we flew up into the mountains, landed on the lake, which I loved. She was ready to kill me by the end of it. But even she admitted when she had her eyes open, it was a pretty cool experience. And those are the things you can do. And you know what we haven't even said yet? Wildlife. I yes. mean, bears, seals, which are in Glacier Bay are on every buoy playing, you know, king of the mountain. And, and whales. Whale watching and, is and, massive. And every supplier that I've ever seen do the whales has that guarantee that you'll get some, if not all, of your money back. And I have never had to refund that money. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you're going to see whales. Whale watching is a big thing to do, especially like in July, mm-hmm. August. Uh, but it's all season long. You mentioned the bears go early because they're coming out of hibernation. Right. Um, and then the see. salmon start running in, in July, basically. July is usually about, July. The time, yeah. about the time to go for salmon fishing. Um but I mean, well, like, and his father-in-law caught a p- perhaps slightly illegal stringer of salmon. 
Um, but uh, I think based on the number of licensed fisher people, they, they were, were legal. They were barely there. But they were fishing. <laughs> they were actually on the land and sea, which we'll talk about in a minute. They're fishing in the river, and there's a bear downstream about 100 yards fishing as well. And they asked the guide if they were safe, and he said, as long as the salmon are running, you're good. Yeah. But that's <laughs> the kind of things salmon. you can experience. Yeah, and then they also have the um, – the other things you could do, like the lumberjack show, is fantastic. It really is. The bald eagle observatory, um, the dog mushing, mm-hmm. the Native American totem poles. I mean, it is the a, Saxman Village in Ketchikan. Yeah. It is an adventure playground um, on all those cruise ports right there. I mean, there's so much to do. I love that when you're in Alaska, you have so much time off the ship. So you're in port. Yeah. It almost feels like the entire day. Yeah. To give you so much time to enjoy Alaska itself, but then also come back and enjoy what we offer on board right. from Alaska. Yeah. Right. And I think that's something worth mentioning, the extended time in ports, because there's some that you do 10, 11, 12 hours. And so sometimes you can sneak a second excursion in, because what winds up happening, I, I tell first-time Alaska people this all the time, you're going to have a hard time choosing which one you want to do. Yes. And that's why people go back again and again and again, because you can. It, it's such a large state. It's bigger than Texas. I'm sorry, folks, but it is. It's bigger than the next three states combined, California, Texas, and Montana. And you just can't do it all on one trip or two trips or three trips. And that's why people keep going back. And then uh, talking about the ports and talking about bringing Alaska on board. So in Juneau, we bring on Libby Riddles. Right. And she's the first female Iterod champion, Sportswoman of the Year in 1985. Her story of sledding at nighttime in harsh conditions, 1,100 miles to win. Oh, beat all the crazy. beat all the guys and just <laughs> the harsh conditions that she went through. Her story is fantastic. So but she, she doesn't. Comes, uh, yeah, she doesn't come alone though, does she? No, she doesn't. But she comes on board um, and Juno. Um, right. So she's fantastic. But the most popular thing we have through and through is this the is where I was going. Yeah. And this is when we have the puppies on the piazza. Right. Um, so it's puppies in the in the atrium in our in our main area um, where you can come learn about dog mushing in general. But you get to pet the puppies. Everybody likes puppies. Yeah. They're so cute and adorable, and you get to pet them and, and hear about the, how they're going to be training and eventually going to be a dog sledding champion. Uh-huh. And it is the most popular thing we have. Oh, I can only through imagine. Through and through. So I always say Skagway. We got to see the dogs at the musher camp yeah. on the glacier, and the little puppies are there, and you just you didn't want to leave. They're so cute. Oh, my gosh. And then um, we bring the lumberjacks in for a demonstration in the theater as well. <laughs> <laughs> you, that's very brave of you, we considering even, what they do. We even let guests throw the axes as well. well you, okay, there crazy. you go. That, that um, will end as soon as Scott and I are back on board. And then also in the ports, we bring on a local restaurant. Uh, to have nice. on the top on the top deck. So um, in Juno, I believe it's uh, crab cakes from. Gosh, what's that restaurant? Is it Tracy's right there? Yeah, at the Tracy's, right Tracy's right, right there. So we bring that Tracy's. red building right as you get off the ship, and it's so popular. Yep. So we bring Tracy's on board for um, the crab cakes. We bring on uh, tacos, um, fish tacos, and another location. So we bring local food on board for our guests to try. So I would say you get a you get enough time to sample your port but also to come back and see what Princess has to offer on board. Like I always say, I, I worked in Alaska for a season, and uh, I'm not trying to hate on that cruise line at this moment, but um, the only thing they got was a was a Mickey Mouse in a raincoat walking around. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's the only thing Alaska they got with that product, and they're fantastic. Disney's an incredible oh, I, company. You know, look, I'll say this because um, I know you don't want to. They're one of my favorite cruise lines. I love yeah. them to death. But I would not pick them as my first choice in Alaska. Right. Not that they do it badly, 
But right. again, there's so many reasons to come to somebody like Princess Glacier Bay again, the right. land and sea, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But there's so many reasons to go that way, even if you're brand loyal to somebody else, be yeah. it Disney, Carnival, Royal Caribbean, whoever it may be. I, I mean, I always suggest to go to who's the best in the area. And right. Year after year, Princess is number one in Alaska. And I, I, I promise you, once you try us in Alaska, you'll fall in love with Princess. Um, that is, that's kind of our, our starting point with Princess is Alaska. And like I said, like I've, like I've stated so many things in Alaska come on board, but even we're one of the very few first people there. So we have the closest terminals, like we're the closest location right. when you get off the ship. I would say if you work, if you lived in Alaska and you're at these ports, you probably want to work for princess. Um, I mean, that, <laughs> that just shows you how much prestige princess has in Alaska. Everywhere you go, you see princess, 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 princess. It's everywhere true. in Alaska. No, it really is true. Like I said, it feels like Alaska owns princess. Well, and you know, like you said, you add so many different things to the mix that again, I'm not poo-pooing any other right. lines because they all are great and they all have their, their reasons for being because there's, you know, it's like the personalities. This one's good for this person or this one's good for that person and so on. But um, that's why we keep coming back to you guys. And I'm going to throw another one out there because we have a lot of people, especially in this area, that are fishermen. And they want to go to Alaska. They want to go salmon or halibut fishing. And when they're done, they're like, okay, now what? What do I do with this fish? And there's a couple of ways that you can deal with the fish. (laughs) Yes. So if you book an excursion with us, we call it Cook My Catch. Right. So if you do an excursion with us and you catch something, you bring it back, our chefs will prepare it for you. We'll cook it for you. And we have a, if you want to see a picture of that, we have a photo of how beautifully they do it. It is, it is, the presentation alone is amazing. Absolutely. And if you're dining with other people, you just made a bunch of friends. Absolutely. <laughs> but if you don't want to do that, there's another option. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. With, oh, the, with the fishing or with like the, excursions? The, with the fish. Or? No, no, with the fish. So if you don't want to bring it on board and eat it, you can have it shipped oh, back home. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. You can get it shipped back home, uh, which is a nice little feature. We wrap it up. We basically freeze it and ship it home, and by the time you get home, it's there for you. Well, Scott can tell a story about that because his wife yeah, brought one Michelle, home. Michelle caught a 17-and-a-half-pound king salmon in Sitka, Alaska, like the biggest one even their guide wow. had seen. And uh, we we did that option. I, I say we. By we, I mean my father-in-law, who was very proud of his daughter for catching the largest fish. And paid. mattered her at the same time because she showed him up. <laughs> yeah. He had a little, little tiny fish, and she's like, look, Dad, look at this thing. But how but long yeah, we did you eat a- off that thing? Oh, six months or so. But you have to understand, Michelle and I love salmon. Right. So for the average person that might not love salmon as much as we do, it probably eat off of it for a year. And so how you did, know, and for people that wonder, so did they just throw the fish in a bag and ship it to you? Pretty much. I'm, no. setting, I'm setting this up because I know the answer. But. Yeah, so they flash freeze it right. within six hours of you catching it. So it seals in all that flavor right. and freshness. They keep it there. Until they know when you're going to get home, because they ask you. You don't want um, sitting in the hundred degree heat of Texas right, on your front exactly. porch. Exactly. So they Thanks ship Amazon. it. Yeah, you know? they, they ship it with a calculated arrival date for after you are right. back home and ready to receive it and bring it inside. So yeah. And then is it is it cut up into pieces? How is it? How is it? You arrived? have your option. We we had it cut up into about uh, eight ounce fillets, if you will. Right. Because Michelle and I could split that with a bunch of vegetables, so we kind of did it one portion per meal. But if you yeah. want to Gordon Ramsay that thing, you can you, you can right. get you it can just have the whole thing shipped home. I'm yeah. sure there's some people that would actually enjoy that, you know, yeah. being able to fillet the, the actual fish. Well, yeah, sure. it's a nice presentation in front of their friends that are coming over for dinner. Yeah, well, I would just slaughter it because I'm equal. I would I pay good anyway. money for you to watch a 
yeah, fillet of fish. You would, no, you would not. No, you would not. <laughs> so, okay, Hunter. So we talked about the the, the bringing the fish back on board because uh, I actually told somebody that story one time, and they said, "Where do I put it? In my bathtub in the room?" I said, "No, no, they take it and take care of it for you. You're not, it's not a fish flopping in the bathtub." For those of you laughing really hard right now, in full disclosure, we are based in Texas, so this yeah. is probably one of our local hunter fisher gatherer yeah. clients that was asking that. Well, question. probably his bathtub at home is a fish reserve. You know, you don't know. <laughs> so, okay, so we've talked about the basic ports in the the land package, um, and obviously, or, sorry, in the sea package, and obviously that sea package more or less stays the same, right. regardless of of how you do it. But then there's another way to see Alaska, and we always say if you have the time and the budget to do it, you're going all that way. You might as well plus it. So talk about the cruise tours. Yes. So this is what we're most famous for is our cruise tours. So that's your seven-day cruise, Voyage of the Glacier. So you're getting your two glacier viewings um, out of Vancouver. Now you can go northbound or southbound once again. But you're adding on the rail and the land with the cruise. Nice. So the rail will get you to Denali. From from Anchorage, our way here, um, in one day. That's a nine and a half hour train ride. Now, and see, mm-hmm. that's another thing everybody wants to do in Alaska is ride the train. And and a lot of people just think that it's just going to be a transportation mode. Right. No, the train ends up being the highlight. A lot of people are like I'm doing the land, I'm doing the cruise, and people don't talk about the train. But when they get home, they're like, I saw nine and a half hours of the most beautiful landscape I've ever seen. Um, you you have the people on board talking about what you're seeing left and right. We we see the bald eagles. We see. All the mammals out there. And no disrespect to Amtrak, but this is an Amtrak. This is a domed rail car that are purposefully built to, to be scenic yes. viewing. You're not sitting in a window going, I can't see anything. Yes, it's double-decker glass dome carts. And then there on the outsides, there's the, you can go outside and get some fresh air if you want. Um, but the train ride is, is special. It's very unique. Um, and then we also have our land portion. So we have five lodges that we own and operate. Mm-hmm. Um, two of them are in Denali. Those are Denali area. Um, so we have uh, McKinley, Mount McKinley right. uh, Wilderness Lodge, which is about 40 miles away from Denali's entrance. And it's all about the views. I mean, she is, it's the most spectacular uh, view you'll ever see. And it's about 440 plus rooms. Uh, but then we also have Denali Wilderness Lodge, which is one mile from the entrance. So those are the two most popular ones. But Denali Wilderness Lodge is almost like its own little city. It is the hustle and bustle. It's 600 plus rooms. There are so many activities and uh, people and restaurants and shopping to do when you're right there. Um, so those are the two most popular lodges that we have. But then we also have um, Kenai right. and Copper River. And those are going to be incredible for off the beaten path. And if you're a salmon person, That's Copper River say. just went ding, yeah. ding, ding. Yeah. Copper River is the, the salmon capital of the world, I would say. Um, and it has to do with the streams. Um, because the streams going so fast, the fish... The salmon soak up the flavor, um, so they're just flavored rich in, in Copper River. And so I'm assuming, because on the land portion, no matter how many days you do, you'll have the option to add on tours, and, and there will be some included. You get a Tundra Wilderness Tour, for example. Exactly. But you'll have days free, and, and I know that at all of them you can do fishing, but Copper River would be a great place if you're a fisherman. That is the be-all, end-all, you know, of being able to do fishing. 100%. And then, um, so Copper River and Kenai are off the beaten path. Uh-huh. Um, so when you look on a map, like, they are, they're kind of off in their own little area. So so uh, Copper River is really close to Mount Wrangell, St. Elias uh, National Park, which is the largest national park in North America, which is crazy. 
um, and then uh, Kenai is on its own little peninsula. But both of those lodges are 85, 86 rustic bungalows. Oh, that's um, cool. Out in the wilderness. I mean, it, your true country living. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are perfect areas, obviously, for your fishing and uh, wildlife. Well, and Scott's a big national park fan. He tries to get the stickers from every place you can possibly go. So there's two more to add to your book. Absolutely. And that's why it's on our list to go back and visit. <laughs> Mine as well. Again and again and again. And I was born in Alaska. I mean, that ought to tell you something. I was born in Anchorage, Alaska, and I, it's still on my bucket, bucket list. I've yet yeah. to be able to work out enough time to do the land sea, yeah. to do a cruise tour. But we, we keep putting it on the calendar and something will come up. One day, it's coming. we're, oh, we're yeah, going to get there. So you can, I, do, you can do 10 to 17 days mm-hmm. for when you add on the the land package. So, so, so you're st- starting at three for land. Three for land which on top honestly of your 7-8 cruise. is cheating yourself. And I'll say this yeah. because I know Hunter has got to sell all his products. But the three days on land, your first day is an arrival day. Your last day is getting on the ship day. Right. So really you have one day. Yeah. To see Denali, and that is, I mean, even yeah. at the at the height of the, the maximum days, which is 17, you're still not going to see it all. Right. So why would you go all that way and just do three days? I agree with you. 1,000%. Give me 12, 13, 14. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's perfect amount to actually explore mm-hmm. and, and feel like you were... You're getting to see it all. Right. Or, well, I shouldn't say that, getting to see some of it, because you will not see, you it, will all, not see it all, no matter what you do. But um, the cruise tour is what we're known for. Um, so a lot of people do will start with the land first and finish with the cruise and finish up in Vancouver and then fly back home. Um, or you can go northbound and start in Vancouver and work your, while, work your way up to the yeah. land portion uh, and then fly home. So, uh, But really, the, the cruise, the rail, and the land is, is honestly the way to go. If you're going to Alaska, you're probably going once. And why not do it big? Go big and see it all. Um, you get the full experience of Alaska by doing the cruise tour. Well, let's go big, bigger and talk about something that you guys have on top of your cruise tours. You have a connoisseur package that, with your cruise tours. Now, let's just take your average 13-day, which we've, we've sold a bunch of, and there's nothing wrong with the base package. By all means, it's wonderful. We can add a meal plan to it if you want to for your land portion. We can take care of the little added extras. But if you do, let's just say you do land first, and you go into Fairbanks or Anchorage, your first night or two nights, you're going to be staying at a hotel, maybe the Captain Cook, which is a beautiful hotel. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever. But you're staying at a hotel for the first couple of nights. Now, if you go to that connoisseur package, we add another lodge in the mix, which starts you off with that bonus wow. But it also adds more to it. So why don't you talk about those connoisseur packages? I always want to say concierge, which it kind of is. It kind of feels like it. but, But a connoisseur package is... Like taking it to the premium level on the land at sea. So connoisseur package, I mean, connoisseur, the word itself means specialized. Right. So with our packages in Alaska, we really have four different types of land packages. Denali Explorer, Connoisseur, Off the Beaten Path, and what's the other one? Uh, <laughs> You're the on expert, your, sir. On your own. There you the, go. On your, yeah, own. on your own. So really, it's a combination of all three. So I love that you're going to sample each and every one. So right. you're getting off the beaten path, but you're also going to be doing the the main areas of like Denali. And you're also going to be doing things on your own. So you get to sample the hosted, but also getting the self. You're also doing off the beaten path, but you're also getting Denali itself. So to me, connoisseur is the way to go because you're going to sample all all of what the land has to offer. And you have more inclusions. Your more meal inclusion. plan, for example, and you have some meals at some... Spe- like, you go to Fanny's Saloon. 
as an example. And I think you go twice, one at dinner and one at breakfast, if I remember correctly, on some of the packages. But you get these added extras that are built into it that are nice. And then, like you said, the escorted aspect of, you know, really, the minute you get off that plane, you don't have to think. Right. It's so seamless because right. the train is right next to the cruise port. I always make a joke, like, like I throw your luggage from, from <laughs> the cruise to the train. Mm-hmm. No, you, we won't do that. But, but you, don't you could. Have, you could. You yeah. could if you wanted to, but um, we don't. We don't. Well, and we, I think we people, have to worry about your luggage. It's seamless. If you've cruised in the Caribbean or you've cruised in Europe especially, and I, Rome is a great example. Rome is a great place to visit on a cruise ship, but the port's about 45 minutes to an hour outside. Chivacivacci is a, a ways from downtown. And that happens in the Caribbean, too. You've got to get on a bus to go someplace to see anything. Alaska is not that way. I mean, you get in Juneau, and I jokingly tell people, you could th- stand on the bow of the ship with a baseball and throw it over the town. And it's not an exaggeration because it's literally steps from the ship. You don't need a, to, a bus or a taxi or an Uber or whatever it may be. Catch a can the same way. Yeah. You can walk to the Lumberjack show. Right. And, and when you get to these, these lodges, you can just go out and enjoy yourself if you want to. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many hiking trails and walking trails. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's so many shops and activities. There's right. so much to do. It's almost like having its own little city and having your own little resort lodge right there. But if you want to go out and you want to do any of the excursions, they're there for you too because you're out in the wilderness. You're in the heart of Alaska. Yeah. And the other thing that I think is worth mentioning for this is, you know, you're you're doing your land and your sea. And as you mentioned, you can do it either direction. And there are... I don't want to say pluses and minuses because there's no negatives in Alaska, but there are certain logical steps to doing it in certain ways because sometimes the northbound makes sense for certain people. Sometimes the southbound makes sense for certain people, and we'll go into that when you book with us. Um, But for the connoisseur package, you can go as high as 17 days. Now, that's seven on the cruise, 10 on the land, and then you can start backing it off, and basically what happens is, you know, Hunter— you, you basically start removing lodges because you do two nights right. at each lodge. We just had a customer that did uh, booked a, a group going on the 17th night. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, if you have the time to do it, you are going to get so much amazing stuff in on that trip. Yeah, so that, that's called the ultimate, the ultimate cruise tour. Right. So with that, you're saying two nights at all five of our lodges. So that gets you an experience in all the different areas. Um, but that also comes with the extra, the extra amenities. So that was the... Uh, Tundra Wilderness Tour, the Sternwheeler Riverboat Excursion in Fairbanks. Right. So you got the uh, Gold Dredge and Eight Tour, which is more in the Copper River. Uh, and then most of your meals on land are included. So if you do the Ultimate Package, you do get more amenities that come along with it. And it really as you, and I love the word because we use the same word, seamless. You don't have to think. The minute you get off the plane, let's just say you're doing the land portion first. It's It's simple. It, it is, it's escorted. You're not having to think. They're meeting you at the airport, taking you to your first lodge. The transportation between all the lodges is included. You're not having to worry about all that. You pretty much are packing a travel bag. Like you're, you're bringing a little backpack of what you need for, for that day, but your luggage is following you that you don't have to worry about. Well, and you guys also do something that's pretty brilliant with your um, splitting the bags. And, and I don't want to go into too much of detail because this is something we talk about when we, when we book it for folks. But basically, you don't have to worry about carrying your formal gear for the right. cruise on land. It's sent to the ship for you. I mean, it really is something where they thought of everything as far as making it simple for the passenger. Yeah, I would say, like, there's a reason why we're the best in Alaska. And it's because we've thought about all this. We've gone through this for 54 years. Right. I hope that we've... <laughs> we've learned our lessons along the so. way. <laughs> well, and, we certainly um, know plenty of companies that have been around for 55 years or longer that still, still try to figure it exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah. 
But uh, Alaska really is our bread and butter. I mean, that is that is what you need to try with Princess. Um, you will be, I always say it's a jaw-dropping experience that everybody has to try at least once in their life. And I guarantee you, somebody that you know has gone to Alaska in the last year or two, or someone's been talking about going there. Yeah. So it's it's becoming more and more popular, and it's booking up quicker and quicker and quicker. And something we didn't talk about, you were with us a few episodes back for um, an overview of Princess Cruises, and something we probably should have mentioned in that episode, but we'll mention now. You guys have a very robust air program that um, not only helps people get their flights at a good price, because a lot of times it's the same as going to the airline and sometimes better, but you also have the ability to do something very special with that air, which is not pay it in advance. Right. So we have flex air, which means basically we will hold that price. You don't have to pay your flights until 45 days before uh, your cruise. So it gives you more time to to save up some money. A right. lot of times when you book, it's it's kind of pay for your flights at the time. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're giving you the flex rates that we will hold this for you uh, until the 45 days before your travel. Well, and let me point out a valuable part of that because we've we've had this happen many a time, Scott. You'll have somebody that'll book 2024 for Alaska and then something comes up. They haven't made their final payment yet. And by the way, on most of the rates, everything's refundable. Now, if you bought that air separately, you're stuck with an airline credit. Right. You might have a change fee or you're going to have the price go up. If you have to move that cruise, we just cancel that air off. You don't have any credit with the airline. We redo the package. Now, your price might go up the next year. Can't do anything about that. But you're not locked into that till that final payment. Right. It gives you flexibility. And then you guys also have some great benefits while they're on the trip. I mean, if they run into problems, you're there to take care of them. Right. Yeah. So we have our in-route emergency number that will take care of airfare issues because uh, we know in the travel industry, airfare is not always the easiest thing. Oh. Uh, you have flight <laughs> cancellations and weather and pilots and all that stuff. So yeah. it's, I always say it's great to go with the company you're booking with because we can always assist all in one. And again, seamless. Se- seamless. There you go. That's the word. That's yeah. where the word we're going to come back to with Princess is seamless. Well, and another thing we didn't talk about yet, and we will now, is if you do the land and sea or you do just the, the, the sea portion, we can add on pre and post hotels. We can add on transfers. Uh, there are some packages where you can go to Vancouver or Victoria. You know, we have a lot of options to add on to these trips to make it worthwhile. I mean, because here's the thing. If you're going to do the cruise only... I will not let you fly in the day of the cruise. Right. What are you, what are you crazy? Especially with flight <laughs> delays and cancellations. Because if you miss the first day, you're missing the first three days. Right. You know, that's just not a good idea. And then and then that's assuming you can get a flight into Juno or right. catch a can. And and if you can, I hate to think what it's gonna cost you. But you know, fly in a day early, let us put you up in one of the hotels. Both cities are beautiful, Seattle and Vancouver. You guys take care of everything. Pick them up at the hotel or the airport, hotel, you name it, it's taken care of. Yeah. We're a one stop shop. Yeah, with airfare, transportation, cruise, land, rail. There's nothing we're missing, right? In Alaska. Oh, well, I was just going to say, is there anything we've missed as far as Alaska Planes, goes? Trains, trains, automobiles. automobiles. Yeah, I think those are pillows. We, <laughs> we got it. Well, Hunter, thank you again for joining us and talking about Alaska. I mean, I think now it's pretty clear why it is the bread and butter for your company. And it's something that I think, you know, you said you might, you're only going to go once, do it right. But sometimes people do it right, and then they want to go again. True. And I love what you said, because they come home and they tell their friends, and we've seen it time and time again. Then they want to go back, and they want to take everybody to see what they saw. Yes. So one final question for you on Alaska. Tell us about something. I know you talked about the helicopter ride. Something you did in Alaska that just blew your mind or something that 
maybe we haven't touched on yet that you want to leave people with with Alaska? Oh, my goodness. I was you there said for, you worked a whole season there. I did work a whole season there. So, Or is there something that maybe people don't think about that they should be doing in Alaska? Um, honestly, the cruise tour, just the land portion. A lot of people just think of Alaska, and I'm going to see everything on the cruise, right. and they don't realize that Denali is a national park, and it's you cannot get there by cruise. So a lot of people just assume that the inside passage is what they're going to see in Alaska. They're going to see it all by the inside passage. And I tell them, no, you need to go further up north to see the glaciers. You need to go further up north to see Denali. So I always say that's probably the thing that I think is the misconception about Alaska is that I'm just going to do the inside passage and that's it, right? And yeah. they just have no idea. And they see the map and they're like, oh my God, Alaska is large. <laughs> it's big, yeah. And I tell people just in between the lodges itself, I mean, those are, it's like traveling in Texas. It's like traveling from San Antonio to Dallas right. or Dallas down to Galveston. I mean, it, it is a large state to travel between each location. So I tell people that it's mind blowing when you get to Alaska, how large it is and how beautiful she is. It really truly is. Scott, you've been there once I've had the pleasure of doing it three times, we're planning on going again. Yep. And I can't wait to see that beautiful state again. It's the place of my birth, and I'm always wanting to go back. I, I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> it wasn't the place of my birth, but I, I love it as well. Hunter, thank you for your time as always. Thank you. Uh, keep an eye on our schedule because Hunter will be back to talk about other cool princess-related stuff. And at some point, we're going to get him to sit down and talk about his experiences working on a cruise ship, which I know people always want to hear about. But thank you as always, Hunter. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Itinerary, the official travel podcast presented by Premier Custom Travel. You can view the schedule of upcoming podcasts or listen to previous episodes on demand by visiting our website at premiercustomtravel.com slash the itinerary. Join us next time for another edition of The Itinerary.